What's good? Welcome to the Fro and the Flow. My name is Ralph Compiano, and I am joined by two of my favorite guests, one of the best three-man weaves in all of the basketball business, the basketball news world, the pundit world, the galaxy of takes, Rack Burner, a.k.a. Jack Turner, and Barter Fairman of 303 Magazine, and we're talking about the NBA Finals. We made it (laughs) after a terrible conference finals that we didn't want to talk about and just wanted to ignore and get through to get to this matchup. Um, We're finally here, Celtics Warriors. We're going to be breaking it down. I've got five points of contention or some kind of starting five of subjects that I want to get through. So we're going to dive into each of them. But first, gentlemen, how are you, you gorgeous sons of bitches? I feel like the big three, not one, not two. It's good to be not back. Not three, not four, not five. I'm excited for these finals. I think we're going to get uh, some great games. I think it's going to deliver on the hype that's been building. But, yeah, it's great mm-hmm. to be back and uh, talk some hoops. Is this the best matchup we could have had? That's my question. It's like these are like two teams that feel like perfect fits for each other. What do you think, Barter? Well, the final four teams, absolutely. Right. I think as far as what fans wanted, you know, it's a frustrating matchup. It's two easily hateable teams for a number of reasons. But when you break it down, this is a fantastic matchup. Yeah. Are the Warriors as hateable as they as they used to be? I think this is the most yes. likable they've been since 2015, 2016, in my Badass. opinion. They still suck. I, <laughs> I don't hate them as much as I used to because I don't have a LeBron in this race. But with that being said, I also am not going to be rooting for them. Um, I, I don't know. I, it's like, you know, one of those series where it's kind of like last year. It's the first year I haven't really had a LeBron in the finals. Um, in a while, I guess Toronto and Golden State was kind of weird. Um, but I mean, I, when I think about this series, it's like Carter's right. Uh, both of these teams are very easily hateable. But if you are actually a basketball fan and you like to watch good basketball be played, then these are two of the best, best basketball teams right now. They have been for the last couple of months, it seems like, um, aside from the Phoenix spurt that we had there for a while. But, you know, they just kind of fell off. But um, I don't know. It, 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 I think this is one of those finals where we're going to look at it and we're going to think, Huh, it's kind of weird that neither team has one of the three best players in basketball, right? It's like we usually have a Giannis, a LeBron, a KD, a Steph at the height of his powers, um, something like that in the finals. But now it's like, I mean, my first point is everybody's talked about this, but I want to get your guys' thoughts and I want to share mine as well. But like, where do you guys stand on this Tatum versus Curry debate right now? Who is going to be the best player in the series? Who's the best player coming into the series? And who do you think potentially hosts? or hoists the finals MVP trophy. Jason Tatum's a better all-around basketball player than Stephen Curry. He's he's proved himself as a two-way player, especially in the playoffs. The guy plays defense, you know? Um, Steph doesn't do it on that end, but then you look at the highs and what these guys are capable of. What The, the one thing that Steph does – well, he does better than any other player in the history of basketball. And I think that evens it out. Um, I'm more intrigued in the supporting cast, and I know we'll get to it. Um, but uh, just focusing on Tatum versus Curry, you know, 
we're talking about a guy that's going into the height of his powers. This is a chance for Jason Tatum to make a stamp as a force in, in this league. I feel like for years now, we've had him just outside of those like truly elite players. He's been an all-star, of course, but mm. we don't speak about him the same way that we speak about the Donchiches and the Giannis's. And, you know, he's down there with uh, the guy who he just played. Jimmy Butler, right? And then I kind of put Devin Booker into that conversation too. And even Devin right. Booker has gotten more respect as a superstar than Tatum has in the past couple of years. That's because Devin Booker went to the finals, right? This is Tatum's chance to make his mark. Um, Steph's already done it. We know what he's capable of. There's nowhere to go but down for Steph in my eyes. Um, but that's just because we think so highly of him as a basketball player. Uh you know, I'm hoping that Tatum pops off, and I'm sure you feel the same way. Right. We have really high expectations for Steph. Turner, where do you stand? Are you Because, I don't know, you're not as hard on Steph as we are. I think that he's been good this playoffs, not great. I don't think I, – I think I've brought, brought it up on the pod before, actually with Masterson, that I think what used to make Steph so special, that him and Kyrie specifically, they were just so good from zero to ten feet. Like, they're almost unstoppable once they got within the lane. They had such creative finishing, but I don't think he has that burst anymore, that athleticism. Obviously, he's going to have the touch until the day that he dies. But I don't think that he has, you know, the reverse layup package, the floaters all the way down like he used to. Like, he's not finishing through contact the same way. But I could be wrong. I don't know. I guess that's just what I've seen from the eye test. Yeah. I sit on the side of a Steph defender a lot of times. I just love – the way he plays the game. I love the way he impacts yep. his teammates without even having the ball. I really think that his ability to move without the ball is, is infectious. Second to none. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. The oftentimes the team, you know, you pick, play with a bunch of people on pick up basketball, right? And the, the people that are the least fun to play with are the ones that aren't screening and cutting and moving. And he just plays that random basketball that I just would love to play with. And I think that it's kind of what, crafts and informs this team um obviously clay and draymond have bought in for a long time now too but um and play that same style of basketball but i think it's why you see a lot of these role players where the golden state warriors it's like yes they're a smart front office team they draft well but it, i think it really starts with steph and i think he's kind of the first superstar since tim duncan to kind of have that selfless ability to make everyone around him better in kind of this different way than you know the lebrons of the world have um and so i think that he's still by far the player that i would start my team with um jason tatum's been incredible this playoffs i think it's easy to overlook that that was his third eastern conference finals um he's been around the block and you know it's kind of it was his time to take that leap and make it to the finals this year It'll be interesting to see what happens. I think Jason Tatum, the key for him this series is going to be his playmaking um, and his ability to kind of limit those turnovers um, in the process. But, I I mean, I still side with Steph because we all know how great he is as a shooter, as a scorer. Um, Pretty good vision. Rebounds really well for a guard. But I think it's just all that off-ball movement and the way it just kind of percolates through the team that uh, gives him the edge here for me. Right. We've been, we we I, have been seeing Tatum relocate a lot more of these, these uh, playoffs, too, and I think that's been a change in his game since around the back half of the season. So I, I will give him credit for kind of adding that to his game, too. Boston, that's completely how they've re-identified themselves. They talked about it after they won the conference finals that 
they committed to the defensive end in January, and we've seen them become one of the, I don't know, 10 best defenses in the last five or six years. And then Jalen and Jason becoming more active off the ball, kind of like how you said, Steph is contagious. That rubs off on everybody. Um, to Carter's point, I do want to say that Steph was pretty solid defensively in the Dallas series. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not sure he's going to be as solid in this series because I think Dallas is a little bit like to Jack's point is a little bit easier to defend because they're not cutting as often. It's a very heliocentric model, a lot of standing Jack. I felt like that was a subtle jab at me because I balled last night and um, by like the fourth or fifth game, I was standing around quite a bit. Usually the first three games or so, you know, I'm setting flares, I'm setting back screens and stuff like that. But by game four or five, I turn into hard mode and just start chucking. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that let's just move on to the next point. So, I'm curious what's going to be the first thing to break the other. Is it going to be the Warriors offense, which is so fluid, and I think Steve Kerr is the X factor in the series, and he's been the X factor for the Warriors this entire run, this six out of eight trips to the finals, whatever it is. Their offense where it's just constant moving for 24 seconds, you have to guard not just the ball, but the other four guys on the floor. Or is it Boston's defense where they're able to switch everything from Horford to Marcus Smart to Jalen Brown to Robert Williams to Grant Williams to Derek White to even when Pritchard's on the floor, he's a half-solid defender. What's going to be the first thing to break the other? Because that's going to be the side of the court that I'm most interested in. I'm, I'm excited to see Boston on offense, and Golden State has a great defense, but who wins that matchup I think determines the series. Which way would you lean? Would it be the Warriors offense that we've seen time and time again, or is it this Boston defense that has looked literally unbreakable the last four months? Um. It's hard to say what's in a break first. I'll tell you the biggest thing to look out for. And I think we talked about it prior to the Mavericks versus Warriors series. Mm-hmm. We were up, uh, Ralph, I think we were being very optimistic in, turn, in uh, talking about the turnover battle. Fact mm-hmm. of the matter is the Warriors have not seen a defense like this. Nothing even close. Not even um, close. I haven't seen a team like this. A, they are a turnover forcing monster and the Warriors love to turn the ball over as much as we might not want to say that the Warriors love to because they move around so much when things aren't working, uh, they, they uh, start to get very careless with the ball and no one is safe from that. Um, actually, the turnovers are pretty evenly distributed when you uh, look at it amongst the front five. Um you know, you have a rookie like Poole who is fantastic when he has the ball in his hands and is starting to learn how to move off the ball from the best to ever do it. Uh, but he and Curry both, when things are starting to not go their way, they they start to force wild passes. Mm-hmm. Um, Draymond is always fitting incredible dimes into tight pockets. But uh, when you have tight crushing defenders like your Jalen Browns and your Jason Tatum's and your time Lords um, and your Marcus smarts guys that have been shutting down passing lanes for the entire playoffs. Um, right. It's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Um, I think that Clay Thompson is going to be in a torture chamber this entire series. And I'm curious. Uh, wait, wait, no, hold it, hold it, hold it. Right, Clay, right. We're going to talk about Clay later. Yeah. Yeah. But um I am. I think that the biggest thing to watch out for is how Golden State takes care of the ball while running that fluid offense because they just simply haven't seen a team like this on the defensive end. Period. Like right. that. Uh, how many times did they play the Celtics post All Star break? I think they played them once, and it was in the middle of March. And I'd be curious to see how that game turned out. But 
the Celtics defense since that point has improved. It's not to say that the Warriors offense um, hasn't improved either because they definitely have. Right. But, um, you know, uh, we are going to see if that uh, turnover problem that the Warriors had at certain points during the season and in certain playoff games too, if it rears its ugly head. I think that's the biggest thing to watch for here. Yeah, you got to risk it to get the biscuit. Like the same way that we see Draymond dropping the easiest passes off of Clay, setting the screen, and then slipping to the basket because both the defenders got attracted to Steph. He also has to try and make that pass, which is really difficult, where it's like a bounce pass instead of a wide open one, even though it's on the exact same action, um, which I think is kind of fascinating. So, Turner, I want to ask you for the third point. I think this is the most wide open that a finals has been kind of similarly to how there isn't really a top three or top four player in this finals. I'm curious who the third best player in this finals is. If you look at the bubble championship with the Lakers and heat, it's, you know, Jimmy LeBron, AD, that's the clear top three because you can put mm-hmm. Bam in there last year. It's, you know, Booker, Giannis, and then Chris Paul or Middleton this year, I think it's completely wide open, right? So we got clay. We got Wiggins, we got Draymond, and we got Poole. They're all available for that third spot on any given night. And then you can also throw in Jalen Brown into that spot, Al Horford, Marcus Smart maybe, who knows, maybe Robert Williams has 20 and 15 one night with like six blocks because Looney has to sit on the bench because he can't get out to the shooter and Horford in the corner, whatever it might be. But who do you think, for both teams, who do you think needs to be the third best player in this series? Does it need to be Clay? Does it need to be Draymond for Golden State? Or does it need to be Wiggins? And then for Boston, does it need to be Grant? Does it need to be Horford? Does it need to be Jalen? Does Jalen need to get 25 a game for to really make a difference in this series? Because I think he's probably the third most talented player in this series, but I'm not sure he's going to show up the same way that some of these other guys have since they've been on the stage. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think there's a few different ways I can approach or think about it. I guess the first one would be, I was drafting these teams. Yes, um, I love field it. My starting five. That this is tough for me to say as as annoying as I find him to be. Draymond, Draymond Green would be the third pick. Barter feels the um, same way. I already know he does. Do you feel differently? Yes. Right now, currently, third? yes. I think that Andrew Wiggins is the third there. Uh, wow! Oh my God! Wait, 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 wait! Third best player out of both in this teams? series. Yeah, third pick. Have, third pick. Would you have? If you're would you have drafting. Wiggins above Jalen right now? Because I love Wiggins. Wiggins has been solid, but Jalen's Jalen's. I mean, I would have him at a strong. I would have him at a strong four. I would have Draymond at five right now. Andrew Wiggins played incredible on both ends of the ball in the previous series, dude. Nobody played better defense than him in that entire series, point blank period. Yeah, no shit. I mean, they're playing against Dallas, dude. They don't have any defenders. It's not like how important is that like, though? Wiggins is Wiggins how important is, still, is that though, when you Wiggins are playing no, no. two I know. all-star wings, right? Wiggins it is dealing with a one-on-one matchup, but Draymond's directing the whole entire defense that has been kind of the Warriors. Right. As much as we talk about the calling card, it has been the uh, offense being the calling card. The Warriors have had like a top, I think they've had a top five defense every year they've won the championship, and that's because Draymond's directing yep. in the back end. Wiggins has been great because they're not expecting him to be a leader on this team like Draymond is. Draymond is the fire, the engine um, emotionally. If Steph's the engine offensively, then Draymond is emotionally for this team. So that's why, that's why I'd go with Draymond for the third in the draft. But if I'm thinking about third best player or who has to be the second best player for them in the series it has to be clay or jordan Poole. it could be 1a 1b one of them has to kind of fill that role 
And then I think Jalen Brown actually has been under underlooked for how well he's played this playoffs. I think he's been the second best player for the Celtics. Um, He's averaging, I think, around 23 points, seven boards, four assists. Uh, it's it's interesting because there's a lot of discussion about how good Wiggins has been. And I've really enjoyed watching him play and fill this role. But he's he's kind of essentially in the Harrison Barnes role that used to be for the Warriors team where you're asked to rebound. He has played defense a lot better than Harrison Barnes has. But he's, been, he's averaging 15 a game on a lot of wide-open looks for a five-out team. I don't know, Carter, mm-hmm. if you feel differently, but – I don't think he's been contributing that much offensively than what you would typically see out of someone in the small forward position. I think it's been his defense that's been really impressive. It's going to be very important against a wing-heavy Celtics team. He's a wing or he's a Iguodala and Harrison Barnes hybrid right now. He's like a complete yeah. blend of the two, like fifty-fifty. And no he's 60, perfect. 40 here. He's perfect for what they need in this for this Warriors team. Absolutely, they need somebody to throw it. Tatum for 38, 40 minutes a mm-hmm. night, just be like, hey, be a bother. Um, that's where I think Jalen becomes so important because it's like, okay, you're going to put Wiggins on Tatum. Who the fuck is going to guard Jalen? Can Jalen step up to the plate? Because Clay is not the same defender. Draymond isn't guarding a guy like that one-on-one. Like you said, he's going to be the anchor. He'll probably be guarding Horford or Williams, whoever it might be. Um, not laxing or anything like that, but you know, playing the strong safety position or middle linebacker. The Ray Lewis. He's literally Ray Lewis, now that you think about it. Um, and then offensively for Golden State, it's like Boston's going to be tough to break. I think the system can get them enough good looks, but they're also going to need isolation opportunities and for people to create their own looks. Like Jordan Poole's going to have to give you something. Like he can't get outplayed by Derek White. Like when him and Derek White are in the game and White is on Poole, he has to serve him some kind of bucket or something because white's a really really good defender i know he hasn't made a lot of shots in the playoffs so far and celtics fans are frustrated with him but defensively he's always solid like he's a guy who's been on a team usa team and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. i don't know i I mean i I think the wiggins point is interesting because he's so up and down throughout his entire career that now he's gonna be on the biggest stage and he's gonna be playing against a way better team can he keep this up he just uh, – I mean, another point worth adding to is he essentially leads the Warriors in boards. I mean, it's him and Kavan, but, like, mm. it's like a point something. Like, it's a decimal point difference, and one of the guys is seven feet tall. Um, right. You know. His only job is to rebound. Wiggins' shooting splits have been great. You know, he's uh, 48 and 36. uh and then from three, I mean, he's taking four and a half to five threes per game and taking like 13 shots. Um, but it's all about the defense. Like like Jordan Poole averages more on the offensive end, but he's a defensive liability, right? Oh, and then you've got right. – um, I mean, I, like him and Draymond, it, like in all truthfulness, it is a toss-up for me. But um, what I've seen out of Wiggins is – consistent play throughout these playoffs i mean throughout his career for sure i mean the guy is like a like he is the roller coaster when it comes to what he's been able to do but i just haven't seen a guy fill a role and exceed like this in uh you know in a pretty long time particularly in these playoffs um it's just the defense to me has been so, so, so impressive where he can guard the interior. And then there's not a whole lot of 
like there's not very many perimeter defenders in the entire league that are playing the way that he's playing right now. Um, you know, inside and out. Uh, if if he can elevate his scoring to you know twenty points per game in this series, then uh, he's gonna rob a Finals MVP from Steph. Well, <laughs> no, no. Well, um, he could average he could average forty five points per game, and they're still gonna give it to fucking Steph. So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they owe one, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. I mean. All right, so look, I want to move on to the next question. So it is interesting, though. It is. It is. It's it's a it's a weird because it's like it's so obvious. Tatum and Steph are the two best players in the series, and I think whoever has the third best player is going to win the series. Well, I'm just curious, like which one of these fuckers is going to do it? I might jump in real quick before we move move on from Wiggins. I think it's easy to forget no, go for how it. good that uh, Warriors team was before they added KD, and how mm-hmm. bad Barnes had to be in that series for them to end up losing the championship that year. We would have had no KD missed and how- everything. Missed everything. And if Wiggins can just give them, like, 45% better, like, he doesn't have to be great. If he can just make a couple shots here and there, provide that, like, small ball four rebounding defensive abilities that Harrison Barnes is able to do without jump shooting, that's – yeah, I think it's just easy to forget how just dominant that team can look. I would agree with that, but this Boston team defensively is, is a little bit better than that Cleveland team was defensively. You're not going to have J.R. Smith miscues or Cal Corver running around. A little or... bit, yeah. <laughs> this team is a so good bit. defensively. That's why when we talk about, like, how good Wiggins has been, like, on the perimeter defense, I'm like, yeah, but, like, look at how good Boston as a whole has been. And Golden State's been solid, but it's like they have weak points that you can attack. Like, you can take Poole, you can take Clay, you can take – like, I, I mean – Kevon Looney. That, I, I love Kevon Looney, but like, I mean, there's got to be some kind of like expose with Horford, I guess. Like, Horford went for 30 against the Bucks. Like, I think the potential here for like a Horford finals MVP is a little bit lower than we're estimating. Like, he was really good the last two rounds. Like, really good. We have said the defensive player of the year's name one time since we started recording this podcast. Yeah, that's, that was my next point. So, we talked about Wiggins on Tatum. Let's talk about Smart on Curry. Um, so you brought up, I can't remember which one of you it was, but um, the last time Boston and Golden State played, Marcus Smart landed on Stephen Curry's ankle, rolled his ankle. Steph was out for, I think, three or four weeks, actually. Um, but it's been well accounted for on all of your social media pages. The Celtics over the last, throughout the Kerr era, are the only team with a winning record against the Warriors. The only team with a winning record against the Warriors. I think they're nine and seven in eight years, something like that. Um. This is fascinating because smart, super physical defender, keeps his hands on you, face the whole nine yards. He's going to guard him, not 94 feet, but I'd say 60 feet, something like that. He's not going to give him any kind of breathing room once he crosses half court. My question for smart is, you can do that two times a year in the regular season. Can you do that for six or seven games throughout an entire playoff series? Completely devote yourself to only the defensive end and then just facilitate on the offensive end and get the ball in the guy's right hands. Because if he does that, Celtics win the series. Swear to God. If he just commits to, I'm going to have one hand on Steph's jersey the entire game, the other hand in his face, then they're going to be in a very good position, and they're going to be very comfortable, and they probably win the series. But then offensively, he has to do the antithesis of what he did in the last three and a half minutes of that Miami game in game seven, where there's 10 seconds left on the shot clock. He wants to be the hero. He wants to hit the dagger. 
misses, I think, four threes in the last three and a half minutes. They were all wide open. Miami was just begging him. They're like, Marcus, please shoot the fucking ball. And he's like gladly hoisting away. He did make the two free throws down the clutch to ice the game, but um, you get the point. I, I think that Smart is probably, other than Drew, he is the best perimeter defender in the game. Can he make Steph uncomfortable enough to the point where because if Steph only averages 22, 23, 24 in this game, in this series, that's not going to get it done. That got it done against Dallas because other guys stepped up because that defense was not as good as this one. But Steph needs to go for 27, 28, 30 if they want to beat Boston. Yeah, well, that is the X-Factor matchup of this series. Um, it's independent of Marcus, Marcus Smart. Smart. And, yeah, it's in a it's in a depend on if Marcus Smart can stay out of foul trouble. Um, you know, like getting two, three fouls early, being taken out, and then they got to bring in Peyton Pritchard, who's a good enough player, but like just not, uh, like like not even close to the same caliber. Um, but they can bring in Derek White there too. Derek White's a combo. They can, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But like, then again, you know, one guy who can man mark Stephen Curry the entire game, and uh be a fly in his ear is Marcus Smart, you know, him him and Drew Holiday, and then uh, maybe Patrick Beverly. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Stop the cat. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like, I really do think, like I said before, that it's going to come down to foul trouble. You know, is he going to get these early calls? Is he going to get a hand on his arm on a couple of three-point attempts or – driving to the hoop you know he has to trust his guys inside when Stephen Curry drives because they have the interior shot blockers to make it happen um mm. yeah uh, like that's 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 pretty much the extent of my thoughts on that matchup it's so 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 important um but you know can he play clean defense um versus uh one of the most lethal scores in basketball history I just want to say that the point that I wanted to make for this was the Wiggins versus Tatum, the Smart versus Curry matchups. It was called strength versus finesse. I think the series boils down to it. Um, Jack, do you have anything to add on the Smart Curry thing, or do you want me to dive into the fifth and final point? No, I think he uh, covered it well. I think it'll be interesting to see with kind of their screening, cutting off, and how much switching uh, Boston will be doing throughout the series and how often they're able to get kind of Steph the looks he wants to see. Um, that's just going to be something I keep an eye out, especially in game one, game two, trying to figure out this series. I think it'll go six or seven. Mm-hmm. All right, fifth and final point. Um, I want to give as much praise and love and adoration to this man as possible because I don't know if he's going to be coaching basketball next year. Greg Popovich is going to be watching this series, and he's going to be smiling down from above. Um, both of these coaches, Steve Kerr, Emo Doka, are found from the first above. tree. He's not dead, but, you know, he's the basketball god. That's what he is. He's he's a deity at this point. I adore him more than anybody in the world. I wish he was the coach of my favorite team. I'm jealous of Masterson because of that. But Kerr and Ime, uh, both from the Spurs tree, both played under Pop, both coached under Pop, both learned basketball through Pop, Kerr through Phil Jackson as well, but obviously Popovich. Um, and I think that when we watch the series, the thing I'm going to love most about it is that it's going to remind me of, painfully, the 2012 through 14 Spurs, 2013 and 2014 Spurs, 
where the ball movement was just pinging around. It was such a great team game. And that's my favorite kind of basketball to watch. As much as I love LeBron, literally more than pretty much anybody in the world, I, my favorite kind of basketball is Jack's favorite kind of basketball. It's the kind of ball movement where all five guys are engaged, everybody's a threat, and then defensively you're on a string, you're a shell the entire time. So that's my favorite part about this series. The Spurs tree, the Popovich impact, the style of basketball we're going to see, the brand of balling. Is it going to be like Broadway out there? I'm curious what your guys' favorite things about the series are going to be. What are you looking forward to most about watching this NBA Finals? Yeah, right off the bat, that's like one of my favorite things in basketball is when an offensive team just has one of the most beautiful possessions, moving the ball. I just think of Boris Diaw as kind of like – Boris Diaw. I was waiting for the name. That's just what comes to my head for some of those Spurs Spurs teams. Mm. Go ahead, Ralph. No, you're good. I just want to say Marco Bellinelli's name on this podcast. I love that motherfucker. Marco Bellinelli. Um, It just kind of – it just breaks the will of the defense. And then on the flip side, when a a great team like the Spurs or like how the Warriors are doing it, they're making all those passes. They're making good ball movement. And then the next thing you know, they realize they have four seconds on the clock and like they haven't gotten a single sliver of space. This is just as beautiful to watch from a defensive end as well when they're just sitting there like this is what we've done against every team. And it's – They've been able to close out. They've been able to switch. As a Nuggets fan, watching round one, it was pretty depressing, to be honest, because they just didn't (laughs) have the defensive ability to, like, withstand that amount of passing and cutting, and every single look was just wide open. Um, The other thing I'm looking forward to is going to be the third quarter. I think that's been where the Warriors have uh, made their money Mm -hmm. over this kind of dynasty here. And a lot of times they come out, I don't know if flat's the right word, but they find themselves trailing, you know, seven, eight points at halftime. And they kind of have this feeling where it's until you know what happens in that third quarter, you're not going to count them out. And you'll see them flip the script and go up from down seven to up ten in the blink of an eye. So I think if the Celtics are able to withstand some of those runs or withhold them from doing so, then that's going to be a be an X factor and something I'm excited to watch for because it's, it's pretty fun watching those explosions for the Warriors in the third quarter. Um, but it'll be equally as fun to see how the Celtics are able to handle that, and, um, especially, you know, a new chase center for NBA finals, as well as I think the, the, the gardens, probably the best venue we have maybe left in basketball here, uh, along yeah. with MSG. Barter, what are you looking forward to most about the NBA finals? Are you ready to watch some basketball, buddy? What's going to be your favorite part? Yeah. Yeah. Ready to switch over from hockey. Fucking finally. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm curious about the four or five matchups down low. I think out of any series that we've seen. Of course long, you are. You want to see the grit. Yeah. Like, well, it, look at it in context, right? You this is the least exciting, like just like five or six guys in the paint that we've seen in a finals in a very long time. Yep. I think that Bam. leaves a lot to be desired, yeah. but a lot to be gained here um there has to be one or two guys that come out of the paint in it um in the post that truly shine you know this could be robert williams series for the taking kavon looney could do work down there man like this could be Al Horford. I, I think uh, oh, I think is gonna struggle in this series i don't think Kaminga's gonna don't get see off him getting a lot of a lot of run no Rob's, uh no. Is the Fro and the Flow sponsored by uh, any sports book? 
uh, FanDuel, I was actually going to see if you guys had a parlay you wanted to throw out there at the end of this. Yeah, I have a, a FanDuel <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> parlay. Um, I think I haven't looked at the odds. They might not even have it on this book. I think it's plus 650, but in reality, I think it should be maybe minus 200. So that's how much of a deal you're going to be getting here. Wow, wow. Uh, <laughs> Grant Williams, Draymond Green, double tech. It's going to happen at some point. I just don't see how it doesn't. In the first game? Robert Williams is going to piss him off, dude. Any game. You're going to ride that every game. You can get that any game? I haven't – I just made that – I made that one up, Ralph, but – Okay. I, uh, <laughs> oh, what the fuck? I, I, I believe it's going to happen. <laughs> then you know what? Our, our uh, The official sportsbook, the Throw on the Flow, is no longer FanDuel Sportsbook if they're not giving that to you. The official sportsbook of the Throw on the Flow is your favorite cousin whoever it might be, the guy that just got out of the gym and is like, you know what? I'll take your numbers down. What do you want? That's that's the official sports book of the front of the phone now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got Grant Williams I'm, and Draymond Green double tech plus if 650. I have a, more like minus 200. I got what that is, down for you. Right what now. is Robert Williams over under on points for game one? I'll tell you right now. I because I want to – because I don't – like it's a serious roll of the dice because it all just depends on what role he's playing out there. But I could and see how many a minutes he being them tossing lobs to him, trying to get Draymond in foul trouble. Um, seven and a half know, points. Seven and a half. Yeah. Do you guys think he can score eight points in game one? Hey, it's not. It's it's not our bet. It's your bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay, okay. you got the over. Robert Williams over on points in game one. Okay. So I, I built one earlier today. Um, it's plus 1151. So I put down, you know, however many of you, it's what you want. If you put down 25 bucks, uh, you'll make 312. Um, I got the Celtics money line. I'm taking them in Golden State. And then I got Steph under 27 and a half. So less than 27 points for Stephen Curry. I think the smart matchup that we talked about gets into him. Clay under 20 and a half. So less than 21 points. You guys know my stance on Clay Thompson right now. Very hit or miss. He could go for 35 or he could go Mostly for nine. Um, wow. <laughs> and then Draymond under eight and a half. I don't think Draymond's scoring in this series. I think he averages like three and a half points per game. Um, so yeah, that, that's a pretty po- decent payout. How many points do you think the Warriors score in this game one? 102. I think it's like mm. 102 to 112. That's a lot of two. unders for 102. I, th- I see. My thing is, is that I think we get like a big pool game. I No, I think it's the Warriors system game. You know, it's like they try as much as they can to break him down and Boston's going to figure it out. Like Udoka is like, we haven't even talked about him. As special as Kerr is offensively, Udoka is just as special defensively. Like this dude's like, I think he's a mastermind. Like the way that he's like, <laughs> fuck it. We're playing seven or eight guys. That's it. Everybody's going to play 35 minutes, except for Peyton Pritchard might play nine minutes tonight, might play 20 minutes the next night. depends on how he's feeling. But we are just going to clamp the living shit out of everybody and switch everything. And, like, we're going to drop on some people, hard hedge on others. Like, when they're playing Jimmy Butler, it's completely different than how they're playing Harrow naturally. But the intensity mm-hmm. never changes. They're playing everybody with the right. same level of engagement. Right. And that's what I like about this team. Yeah. He's like a fucking drill sergeant with these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, defense, you know, it's a lot of strategy, but it's more about bringing the same attitude to every right. game. And that's what he's, he really sets that tone. What are you I'm guys' like, series oh. predictions? All right, all right. Um, I got uh, the Celtics in six. I think they oh, won in Boston correct. game six. 
my head takes Celtics. My pockets would probably take the Celtics too, considering the Warriors are favored. But for me, the Warriors have always been kind of that team until they're dead. Um, and it's like John Wick. You see him get shot like five times in the head. I kind of always just got to roll with them. I'll take Warriors in seven. I'll take Warriors in seven too. Sorry, Ralph. I no, you're good. Oh, um, Celtics, and I fucking want to, but no, it's fine. Take them, take them. I don't want anybody else on my side. I, I want the Celtics. And I want everybody else on the Warriors. The way the odds are better in my favor. Um, last over under of the pod. Um, over under three and a half pods from Draymond Green this finals. Pods doing a lot of post game pods. Yep, he's doing a lot of post game pods. Are we going to get more than four? Are we going to get four or more Draymond pods during the finals? Under? I'm going to say under. I don't – I think he's going to – I don't know. I think he's going to be locked in. Who knows? I don't think he, I don't think the Warriors were taking the Mavericks that seriously. <laughs> I'll, I'll just be honest. <laughs> like, it kind of felt like a bit of a cakewalk for them. He did an NBA Finals preview before we did. He dropped his yesterday. Our season is going to be coming out two days that later. Is, He's... That is so <laughs> fucking funny. He what pods every four days, sometimes every two days, sometimes every other day, sometimes also, every I'm, day. Also, I'm switching my pick to Celtics in seven. I think that that's going to be the Tatum game. No, no, okay. no, no. You already picked the Warriors. Nope, nope, Fuck a nope, dick. nope. All right, fine. All right. I'll go back to the Warriors maybe. I don't – Okay. I don't I don't know. Just, just text me a screenshot of your gamble. Do you right, think cool. anyone on the Warriors listens to the pod? Like, they just, like, are hopping on the plane, like, checking it out? Hey, Draymond, about to listen to your pod, boy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, let's fire up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's probably how Nemanja learned. Yeah, he's like, shut the fuck, <laughs> fuck up, yeah. Yeah, Lisa. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, probably how he learns the English language. <laughs> it's probably how he's going to learn it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Um, everybody, enjoy the finals. We'll be back tomorrow reacting to game one can't promise that these two will be back on it but jack and i will be watching the game together pretty pumped for that Mm -hmm. jack we'll see you tomorrow barter i'll see you the next time we talk on the pod all right all right all right